life in Ezekiel it talks about the spirit that there was an army of dry bones that's where the song comes from and that the army was kind of scorched in, in a desert of dry bones just I can imagine what it looked like in that scene just the heat of that that field where there were dry bones of of battle and kind of desert dry dusty bones and there's the prophet God speaks to the prophet and says, he says this, he says, prophesy, he tells the prophet, prophesy to the wind. Literally tells the prophet to prophesy to the Holy Spirit. And he tells the prophet to speak to the wind, which is the spirit, and tells and to tell the spirit, breathe on these dry bones. The prophet began to do so. The story unfolds that flesh and sinew and fibers began to grow on those bodies and they began to stand up into this into this army. And as we're singing and worshiping, I just sense that some of you, this is what this is what I heard, just, just a prophetic moment today. I don't I just I just heard and and I I don't think this is just a, a word for me, this is a word for us. Uh that some of you have been under the heat so long. You know when you put something under the heat and ends up turning into a kind of shriveled up dry thing. There's just some dryness or a dry bones and it just feels dead. You've just been under the heat. And, and, and that heat or whatever it is has been kind of shrinking you. Kind of shriveling you. Kind of drying you up. I heard, I heard God say as Pastor Emery was singing and this is a word for you too. As he was singing and we're believing, and, and I hate empty chairs. I, 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 I hate buildings that aren't overflowing with people and salvations and moves of God. I just sense God's going to continue to bring a move of God here. But God said this to me. He said, He said, "You're bigger." He said, "You're bigger. You're bigger than this." And, I, and as I was hearing that for us, for you. Things have kind of shrunk you. I, I imagine those bones in that field, I mean, they weren't much material to them as they had shrunk down under the, under the heat and under the, under the decay, they'd shrunk down. And, and so when the flesh and the bone, I mean, just in the natural, just the mass of, of life coming onto them made them bigger. And God was saying, some of you see yourself so small because of what you've been under in the heat of what you've been under, but God's declaring to you and we're prophesying to the wind that you are bigger. And that he actually wants to open a door and let you see yourself bigger so that you can walk through the doors that he has for you. And I, and I don't know who that's for, but I, I, just, I, just, I just wanted to pray this specifically. For those of you that feel small, that feel just small, God's saying you're bigger. You're bigger. And if that's you, I, I'm not going to, you just, I don't know. If that's you, I'm, just come up here real quick. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. Just come, we're going to sing. Just come right up here to this altar. If you just say, I, mean, I feel small. I feel overlooked, man. I feel in. And you know there's bigger things for you. You're bigger. I just want to pray for you real quick. You're bigger than that thing you're facing. You're bigger than that giant. You're bigger than the situation that's kind of emaciated you. You're bigger than that fear. You're bigger than that 
that dream. You're even bigger than where you are right now in this moment. You're bigger. We prophesy to the wind. You're bigger. That, that, Pastor Emery, your influence is bigger. Your, your worship is bigger. That what's coming off of this platform is bigger than this house. You're bigger. This house is bigger than this house. This location is bigger than this location. The move of God is bigger than we know. We're bigger. The word that I carry is bigger. The word in your life is bigger. It's bigger. God's opening doors. It's bigger. Whatever you felt small in, I speak bigness over you. Open doors of life and bigness worldwide. Come on, you're bigger. You're bigger than that disease. You're bigger than that heartache. You're bigger than that disappointment. You're bigger than that child. You're bigger than that discouragement. You're bigger than that problem. You're bigger than that pain. Come on, we're bigger. We're bigger. We prophesy. Come on, dry bones. You're bigger. Come on, dry bones. Flesh and life. You're bigger than that fear. You're bigger than the lack. We're bigger. Come on, we're bigger. We're bigger than demons. We're bigger than oppression. We're bigger than fear and disease. We're bigger than the demonic battle. We're bigger. The one in you is greater than he that's in the world. Come on, the one in you is bigger. There's no limit. What God wants to do, you're bigger. Come on, worldwide, nationwide. Across the country, across the city. Come on. Shout out from God. You're bigger in God. Your destiny's bigger than you think. Come on, I know the timing seems long. I know it seems it's been taking forever. Come on, but you're bigger than the timing. You're bigger than the weight. It's bigger than the weight. Father, we thank you. We're not enough. We're not bigger without you. Father, every single person that the heat of life has made us feel small or made them feel small. Everything we've looked at, every timetable, every wait, every moment, every, every season that might have sucked life from scorching heat and made us shrivel in our spirit or in our souls, whatever it might be, whatever battle is shriveling up our faith or our courage. I say right now, just the word of God that we're bigger that they're bigger they're bigger God I pray just supernaturally that today this even at this altar some just as you God that you would show us that this is bigger than us that what we've been through is bigger than is for a bigger purpose taking us to something greater and bigger in you and ultimately God reason we can declare that we're bigger is because we have the God who's the biggest. <laughs> we're attached to you today. Holy Spirit, we relying on you today. We're nothing. We're small and dried up and dead without your spirit. So we just ask you, we prophesy to you, Holy Spirit. The Bible says we can do that. We speak to you. Blow, Holy Spirit winds. We ask you to, to make these bones live. Whatever bones might feel small. Come on, sometimes we just feel small in our bones. Come on, but, the, whole, but the, the Bible says the anointing makes us fat. It actually says that, the anointing, the oil of God, the Spirit of God makes us fat in our bones. Come on, that we'd have a strength on our internal structure. We'd be fat in the morrow of our life. We'd be fat in the bones of our life. We'd be strong in our spirit. God, whatever's tried to suck our strength, I'd say we're bigger, and I pray, Holy Spirit, breathe life. 
breathe revitalization. Lord, and let us continue to grow into the bigness of who we are. In Jesus' name, it's what we want. We give you honor and glory and praise. And we thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Come on, y'all are bigger. We're bigger. Love y'all very much. Come on, hug somebody. Hug somebody on the way back to your seat and tell them they're bigger. Tell them, tell them they're going to have to get another size up. Because them feet ain't going to fit those shoes any longer. Come on, where God wants to take you, you're going to have to get bigger shoes, bigger clothes. Come on, not in the flesh, in Jesus' name. Somebody rebuke that. Uh, I just feel like that was a little, uh, just the word of the Lord. Come on, thank you guys for playing and leading us into the presence of God. Love this team right here. Y'all are going, y'all are bigger. Come on, I'm telling y'all, we were worshiping. You guys are bigger than you know. You're bigger than you know. It's not, it's not bigger to be big in our own name or our own, for our own sake. And uh, some of you might not be used to something like that. That's uh, just the Holy Spirit and, and what, how he communicates sometimes through me. It's different ways for different people. But I pray that you would receive that today. And um, I'm receiving that for myself. Uh, we're going to look at the word. Man, I, you guys um, worship and, so, uh, and call on the presence of God and, and draw on the Holy Spirit. So it's your fault if we run late today. Uh, <laughs> We're starting a new series on the, the Holy Spirit. It's called Side Effects, and it's going to be all about the side effects of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Some of what you just saw right there was a side effect of the Holy Spirit. You know, that was a, that was a great demonstration of what I'm about to, to give a, a declaration to. And so I love it when God demonstrates before we declare. Sometimes it's, it's awesome that way. And, and, um, and so I, I just want to encourage you. We've got a lot happening here at, at church. We're getting ready to begin a fast next week, the 13th, the corporate fast together. And um, we're going to fast next, uh, start Sunday, but next Monday together, Monday through Friday, we're going to be here at this building, in this room every morning, Monday to Friday from 6.30, I said 6 a.m. last week, 6.30 a.m. to 7.30. If you need to leave 30 minutes earlier or whatever, that's fine, or get to work, but just come and go as you please. Uh, we're going to worship, we're going to hear God, we're going to be praying and fasting. And we are lined up with the, the spirit, we believe. We heard that Governor Bill Lee called a, a, a corporate fast for the state of Tennessee, uh, kicking off this for this uh, Thursday, the 10th, October 10th. And so um, we're going to join with some of our friends in the city, pa uh, Pastor Daryl Arnold over at OBC, uh, Overcoming Believers Church. They have the Change Center over there. And um, we're going to, he's hosting the city, whoever would like to pray, this Thursday night, 6.30 to 7.30. So we're going to be there uh, as a team. And, and if you'd like to join us there, kicking that off on Thursday night, you can. And then we're going to fast as a church on the 13th through uh, next Saturday. And we'll culminate it Saturday with worship and with about an hour, 9 to 10 on Saturday. So um, we'd love you to be a part of that. What, somebody asked, well, why are we fasting? I want to just kind of share with you a couple of thoughts on why we're fasting. A, we, we need direction from God. Like our team and our leaders and our trustees and our board are praying. We believe, we're supposed, we're, we believe this is bigger. And so, we're, but we don't want to get bigger in our own strength, right? We don't want to do it in our own might. We want bigger that God has for us. And so we believe there's more campuses. We believe there's, there's more areas of the city we're going to go to. We believe there's more nations we're going to go to. We believe for a lot. We got a lot of people watching online. We, we just believe for bigger. I, and here, here's the thing, not bigger just to be bigger, bigger because there's people need to be reached. I, I hate empty chairs. Our first service is, is about 70% full, 60% full. This last service isn't totally full. We got sheets that cover chairs. Our middle service. 
service is totally full. I hate empty services. Like I'm praying and fasting that, that we would get in our heart that we're bigger and that we would get on fire as a team and as a church and as, as leadership and as people that we're going to be a bringing church, a church that's alive and on fire and that we don't settle for empty seats. Like that's just, just the practical. And let me just say something to you. Like, like you remember in the Bible when Andrew met Jesus, he went and got Peter and said, hey, come and see. And he took him to Jesus and said, meet the master. Like it's one thing to invite and we're an inviting church and we're inviting to people and they come in, but it's something different to get that evangelistic flair and be a bringing church. Like I'm not going to stop until I've brought everybody to Christ that I can bring to Christ. And that takes fasting and prayer. I mean, no, that doesn't just come natural. Like, well, I can't just teach you a nice little three-part message on evangelism and expect all of you to reach your whole neighborhood next week. It just doesn't work that way. Like, it's got to be born and birthed in the spirit. You know what I mean? And so we're fasting and praying to get that hunger. And sometimes spiritual aptitudes wane, and it's easy to get dust. And so we're fasting to get that edge back and say, we're not settling. We're not stopped. We're bigger. All two of you. And, uh, and so we're praying for that. We're praying for clarity in our leadership structure. And we're building our team and our staff. And think, you know, as we grow, when we've gone from you know, a, a, a smaller church to, to a bigger church in one year, and it's like we got a lot of parts that are moving. And people have carried multiple hats. And so we're praying for clarity and no confusion. You know, Satan loves to send confusion so we can't get direction. So we're praying for no confusion and, and clarity. We need you praying and fasting and going, okay, what's the team look like? And what's the next campus? And where are we moving to? And what's the finances it's going to take? We're moving into our vision season in November all around finances and, and, and vision partners. And we're praying and fasting for that and setting that up because it's going to take money and finances to go do more campuses. It's about a quarter of a million dollars to do our second campus. Just start, just, just ground level, like quarter of a million. We're just, I mean, just know that it's bigger and like and we want to record albums. And this, I mean, how many of you know that what's coming out of this worship team, what we get to sit in here and be a part of is global? I mean, it's huge, it's amazing. <clears throat> the anointing on them, I, I think sometimes we take it for granted. I've been to churches on vacation, I'm like, my God, I need to get back to, to our worship team, you know. And I, I just, that's why we're fasting and praying. So I'd encourage you, we got a a lot to believe God for and, and, and pray. And we want to see it happen in the spirit, not in our own flesh and might. And so we've got a huge water baptism coming at the end of this month. That's going to be amazing. So the 27th, we'd love you to be a part of that. If you haven't been, you can find out info at our connection area. And then um, and, 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 you know, we had, we've had like, I think, 10 people give their life to Christ today already. I mean, that's all. I mean, we're, we're believing for more of that, like more of that. And so let's. Uh, just believe for that together. We're going to jump into this um, season on the Holy Spirit. All of October, I'm going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit. It's called side effects because I believe there's side effects to a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that, that every relationship has side effects? And so every, every you know, your medication, you hear the disclaimers, there's side effects on that. The, the Holy Spirit, there's side effects to walking with him. And I think it's important that we know who he is. Uh, a lot of us don't know him intimately. I had one guy after first service say, I didn't even know if I was, I was allowed to pray a prayer starting Holy Spirit. He goes, I never knew I could talk to him that way. I thought I was only supposed to pray uh, to God in the name of Jesus. He goes, I didn't know I could even say his name that way, like Holy Spirit, and pray to him. You know, the reality is the only God we have on earth is the Holy Spirit. Like Jesus is not on planet earth. Jesus is all man and all God seated at the right hand of God. He's in heaven. He's, in, he's not in your heart. Jesus isn't in your heart. When you're kids and we ask, hey, come, you know, I surrender my life to Christ. Jesus doesn't come into your heart to live. He's in heaven. He's flesh and bone. He, he, you can touch him. He's in heaven. He eats. Remember, he's like, I'm hungry. Give me some honey. Give me some bread. Touch me. Feel, feel the scars. Feel my body. He's alive. He's in heaven. 
which is brilliant because it means a man made it into heaven. A man made it into the throne of God. A man made it near God. A man made it into perfection, which gives us hope that we can make it there. The point is, Jesus is there. What we have here is the Holy Spirit. That's what we're called uh, the, the, the bride of Christ or the body of Christ. We're not called the body of Jesus. It's intentional. You never, you never see us called in the, in the Bible the body of Jesus. It's called the body of Christ. Why? Because Jesus' body's in heaven. He's not here. We have Christ, the anointing one. Jesus Christ. Christ was not his last name. Jesus Christ, Christ was his title. Christ means anointed one. It's the oil of God. It's the Holy Spirit. So it was Jesus the Christ, Jesus the anointed one. And so when the anointing or the Holy Spirit, the oil poured out, it was at Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus rose from the dead, went, sat down at the right hand of God, and then God officially coronated him king. Took the Spirit of God, the oil, there's always a king, was always coronated with oil, took the oil, poured it over Jesus' head in heaven. He was coronated king. That oil dripped down, because remember, he gave up the Spirit on the cross. I give up my Spirit. He gave up the Holy Spirit at the cross. The Holy Spirit left him. It had to, because it couldn't be in the presence of sin. Couldn't be that way with Jesus. He had to pay for sin before there could be that reconciliation like that with flesh. And, and so the Holy Spirit went, left him. He died. The Spirit came into to hell, rose him from the dead, and she took him up, gave him life, and he went to the right hand of God. Then God took the Spirit and poured it over him. That Spirit dripped down off of his head and leaked down into the upper room to the church, to the disciples, and they began to receive the Spirit, and the power of God was manifest, and that birthed the church. We became the body of Christ. And so you're called a Christian not a Jesian. <laughs> it's important to know that Christian means anointed one. So you're little Christians, you're little Christians running around the planet with the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And so you have to understand who the Holy Spirit is and have a relationship to know what he affords you and what he gives you and the side effects of that relationship. Many people think he's just power and, and he is power, but he's not power. Listen, he's a person. He, if you think he's just power, then you'll never build a relationship with him because we don't build relationships with power. You don't build a relationship with your electricity at your house. You might have a relationship with the KUB guy if the power gets shut off, you know what I'm saying? But, but, but we have a relationship with person, a person, and so it's so important for you to know he's a person because whatever you experience, you personalize. So you have to experience him. That's why the first part of our mission statement is experience God. It's out there on the wall. Experience God. Not just come know God. Not just come learn about God. Experience God. Because if you experience him, like what happened this morning, you'll personalize him. And some, some of you had tears in your eyes. And you'll mark this moment where you got bigger in your life because you experienced him. It's personal to you. You personalize what you experience. And so we have to experience God through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that introduces us to God, and, and we know God through him, and he shows us who God is. And I, I know people all the time, they come in this room, and they hear, they hear me preach, or they hear worship, and they'll say this to me. They'll say, man, it was like you were in our house. It was like you were preaching right to me. It was, like you per it was personal to me. That's because you experienced God. You'll quote me and say what I said, and it's not even what I said. <laughs> so it's not my sermon. <laughs> You'll say it, it's better than what I said. I'm like, that's better than my sermon. It was the Holy Spirit, like, making that real and alive to you. And you personalized, you experienced him, and it became personal. And so we have to know him that way. So Paul gives us some direction on knowing the Holy Spirit and some side effects of that. And we're going to look at that for the next month. And uh, I think today's a good place to start. Are y'all going to stay with me a little bit longer today? Because I, I, I got a whole message to preach to you, and we had some stuff happen. So... So I'm not going to keep you forever, but just stick with me today. I think this is a good word for us. And um, I love third service because y'all are alive, man. Y'all are hungry. 
you know? I like preaching to people that talk back and speak and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we are not a dead, dusty church. We're a live church full of the life of God, alive and well. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, talking about knowing God and understanding God. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. This is Paul, the smartest man on the planet, by the way, at the time. IQ, IQ of Einstein. Had the whole... Old Testament memorized, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And this is where I want to focus most of the day. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. Perceptual, perceptual knowledge has not grasped it. Nor, nor has entered into the heart of man. Conceptual knowledge has not grasped it. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. The word revealed is apocalypto. It's unveiled. He's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, listen to this, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches. Some say that's praying and speaking in tongues. Not things which we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom taught, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. My title for today is simple, Intellectual but Ignorant. Intellectual but Ignorant. I think it's an important title for this area, specifically with all of our universities and all of our philosophies and all of our religious diatribes and doctrines. I like doctrine. I've had people say, well, you know, they'll come like, what's the doctrine? I got one, one, one kid that's looking for a good youth ministry and at one dead one going to another dead one and said, we're not comfortable with the doctrine. I'm like, you're not comfortable with the doctrine? Probably it's something around the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> some of you know the enemy's done a good job at beating us up around the Holy Spirit. And there's been stuff that's been taken out of context and gotten weird. There's been, there's, so there's been either an abuse and an overemphasis or an underemphasis. But he's one-third of God. So when we leave him out, we've left out one-third of God. And I got this, uh, listen, there's life. We want, we want life. We, want, we don't want to be intellectual but ignorant. I want the life of God, right? Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for the life of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us. Thank you that you're a person. Thank you that you want a relationship. Thank you that you're our comforter, our guide, our paraclete, our support, our friend. Be our best friend. And, and Lord, help us, each of us in this room as Christians, if we're little Christians, anointed ones, help us to be best friends with you. Help us to really walk that out practically, not just, not just doctrinally, not just with a good statement, not just with a good theology. Help us to walk with you as our best friend. Help me to. Help us to because you're the one that reveals God to us. 
We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, I've been married 18 years, going on 19. Come on, somebody. 19 years in, in January or in February. Come on, almost got that wrong. Uh, just can't wait for it to get here, January. And, um, and we, uh, I've learned a lot in marriage. That's a lot I don't know. And uh, I, in all of my 18, 19 years, there's a lot. I, there's, I just, I can't learn. I can't learn. There's things I've been, she's wanting to teach me, uh, but I just, I cannot learn it. And there's things about women that I cannot learn. And when it comes to us males, you know, relating to the female species and females relating to the male species, come on, there's, I know you think it's not a different species. It is. There's whole books around it. Come on, somebody. Women are from Venus. Men are from Mars. Don't, don't look at me like this isn't right. Like, it's hard to figure each other out. And so my wife, I know when she speaks to me, there's meanings behind meanings behind meanings behind meanings. It's not just this meaning. When I think it's this meaning, it's actually this meaning. And so I'm trying to learn after all these years how to understand and how to communicate. And the more intellectual I think I can do it with, the more intellect I can try to impose on it, the actually more ignorant I become. Because it's not an intellectual thing. It's not, it's a heart thing. And the more intellectual, and so like, I, I try to understand, but I need some things to be revealed to me. I can be educated and still ignorant. Come on, I can read every book and still be ignorant around a certain subject. My wife can say things that I need to understand the meaning to. She can say things like, it's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> it's not fine. It means that I'm really upset and this is the end of the conversation. She can say things like, do you like this outfit? And what she's saying, intellectually, I would think the answer would be yes. I like the outfit. It matches. It looks good. Yes. But that's not the real question. The question that needs to be unveiled is, am I going to be the prettiest girl at the place when I show up? That's the real question. My daughter was upset the other day. I thought I could give her advice. I thought I could give her an answer. And uh, I was trying to help. My wife took me aside and whispered to me, she needs a hug. I was like, oh. I just went, I just, I started, I just, I felt weird. I, it was unveiled to me. It was revealed to me. I didn't know. I, was, I thought it was an answer. I thought it was intellect. I thought it was, a, I thought it was, I could give some advice. I thought I could help as a dad. I thought I could give my, my wisdom from 44 years. I thought, no, no. She's just, hey, baby, I just love you. I just hugged her and just melted everything away. It just worked. I was like, oh, wow, that was revealed to me. There's some things that, that women say or ask, and it has to be revealed to us. If, if she says to you, do you remember what today is? <laughs> What's being revealed is that you forgot something very important. And it's not the easy things you can figure out with your intellect, like anniversary or birthday. That's easy. That's intellectual. I can scroll my calendar and figure those out. No, it's like, what color shoes was she wearing the first day you spoke to one another? The first Coke you shared, the first dessert that was your favorite, the first fart that happened in public. It's, the, it's things that you, you, you can't intellectually scroll through and roll through your calendar and figure out it's things that have to be revealed to you honey no tell me what is today oh it's the red shoes that i wore with you compliments the first compliment you ever gave me my god that's amazing of course i did not forget <laughs> i'll never forget those shoes you know my wife's going like this is not me really this isn't my wife i'm just kind of giving us a picture Here's some things that need revealed if she says this. If she says it's your decision, no, it's not. That is not accurate. Do not decide that on your own. If she says, no, go without me. No, do not leave the house alone. Do not go without her. If she says, you don't need to get me anything, what she means is you need to, and, or you don't necessarily need to, but you probably should, and it better be heartfelt. If she says, it's not, it's not you, it's me, it's definitely you. 
If she says, I'm not looking to date anyone right now, she means I'm not looking to date you right now. <laughs> if, she says, if she says, do whatever you want, here's the reveal. This is a test of your judgment. I am not going to tell you if you think it's okay or not to do this thing. You should know enough about me by now to know if I'm okay with it, which I am not, by the way. And if you do this, you will pay for it. If she says nothing's wrong, she means, seriously, did you ask me that? Everything's wrong. I'm very upset. Be afraid. If she says, what did you say? It means I'm giving you a get out of jail free card to take back that stupid thing you just said so we don't start a huge fight. If she says, I'm not hungry, it means order whatever you want. I'm going to pick off your plate, so don't complain about it. If she says whatever, it means you actually won the last round, but she refuses to concede, so she's going to dismiss that point and act like that never happened. <laughs> so Lisa said, I'm not conceding. <laughs> if she says, do you think she's pretty? <laughs> mm. Basically, she's meaning, do you think she's prettier than me? And you better answer right because she'll know if you're lying or not. If she says, I have nothing to wear, the reveal is she's got a whole closet full of stuff. Just the specific season, moment, and mood is not right for any of those things, and she needs to go shopping. <laughs> Come on, somebody. We've got to have some things revealed to us. We have to understand that you can't get it with intellect. It can't be educated into. There's meanings behind meanings behind meanings. And when it comes to the things of God, they have to be revealed to you. You can't, you can't. If, if the things of God could fit into your finite mind, he wouldn't be God. God made us spirit, soul, and body, but the only part of us that isn't like every other bit of creation, animal kingdom, is the spirit. God had to give us a spirit. That's what's made in his, in his image. We're not in God's image with our flesh. We're not in God's image with our, with our mind. He's spirit being. And so when we're, like him in our, in our, when, we're, when we're like him in his image, it's our spirit being. He had to give us a part of himself that could contain himself because he was too big and we couldn't, hold the, we couldn't hold the infinite in the finite. So he gave us a spirit that could hold the infinite. And that's where we interact with God. And, and, and so things have to be revealed because you, you can't fit him. If you could be educated into God, you could be educated out of God. I'm not saying don't use your mind. I'm not saying don't study the Bible. I'm not saying be wise. I'm not saying that you just turn your mind off. But I'm saying the things that God wants to reveal to you, whether it's through the word or, or through, through life or through walking in, in, in every day, it's got to come through his spirit to you and through a relationship with his spirit. Paul says that. He goes, I determined not to know anything among you. It's hard for us to determine that when it comes to God because we've got all answers at Google at the touch of our fingertips on our hand in a tablet, in a phone. And so it's hard for us to determine not to know anything with God. So we want to have it all figured out intellectually and make it all make sense. And God's saying, that is not how you know me. Paul says, for I determined not to know Jesus, not to know anything but Jesus and him crucified. I didn't come with this wisdom. I didn't come with intellect. I came demonstrating the power of the spirit. When it comes to God, he's saying he wants you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can get the side effects from that relationship and understand God in a greater way. Y'all with me today? Here's a couple thoughts, and these are four simple points. They're simple but profound. Paul says, but, I is, but it is written, I has not seen, ear is not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. Number one, Holy Spirit gives us revelation. It's revealed. It has to be revealed. Revel relationship equals revelation. There's things that you can only get, you cannot get more education. You need deeper communication with God. 
You're trying to be educated into more of God. You need to have more communication with the deep things of God by the Spirit of God. Relationship brings revelation. There's things about my wife that I know that have been revealed to me, and I know her heart. I know her intention. I know some of the nuances of her life because, because we've had relationship. I know when she says my name in a certain way, she's angry. I know when she, says, she does this little thing with her tongue and pushes on the side of her cheek, she's upset with me, and I did something really stupid, and it actually hurt her feelings. And I know I got I to, you know, she's, she's holding back her tears, and, so, and I'm being real personal here, but that's what she does. If she ever does that to you, then you need to apologize. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, but 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 I know those things because of because of revelation and relationship. God wants to give you revelation. The word reveal, He wants to reveal something. Means to uncover, to lay open what's been veiled or covered up, to make known, to disclose what has been unknown. Revealed means he's going to take something and, and, and unveil it so you can see it. There's things around you, doors, direction, jobs, money, ministry, people, relationships that are right around you that you can't see because they're veiled and God wants to unveil them for you. The Holy Spirit, listen to me, he's not creating anything else. He created it all. It's all made. Everything else that we walk into has already been created. It just has to be revealed. And you and I have to walk into the revelation of what God has for us. And so the Holy Spirit wants you to have this relationship with him so he can reveal some things that you cannot see that are right in front of you. It's like a CSI crime show. Have you ever, what, anybody like CSI? I love CSI. You go in and there's a crime scene and they walk in and the unit goes in there and there's nothing. You can't see any. You don't know. There's nothing. It just looks like a, 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 a crime went down, right? And then all of a sudden they're like, we got this. And they come in with these big lights. It's like and these blue lights hit the walls and then all of a sudden you see the blood splatter and then they put these little magnifying glasses and these special little dustings and they dust it and all of a sudden you see fingerprints. They got this special tape that pulls the fingerprints off and they find the tweezers and they got the little magnifying glass and they find one little burnt hair in the ashtray. It's a burnt nose hair and they put it in this little baggie and then they go back to the lab and they come back and they solve the whole crime. They're like, a cocaine addict did it. He shot him this way. The blood splattered that way. I'm like, you found all that out from a nose hair. In an ashtray. Yes. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the CSI of your life, of the scene of your life, of the mysteries of your life. He's got the lights. He illuminates what needs to be illuminated. He's got the magnifying glass, the tweezers, the tape. He knows what needs to be looked at to solve the issues that you're facing. Things you can't see with the natural eye. Things you can't see with your educated intellect. Things you can't get with that because God's bigger than that. And the Holy Spirit wants to walk with us and show us and reveal stuff. Verse 10 says, the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. He knows all things. It, it's like Google. He searches all things and then goes and boop, brings up the things that you need, right? Verse 12 says, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us not just revelation, but personalization. It's very important that you would know the things that are freely given to you by God. You need revelation. You don't need revelation for stuff that's already written in the Bible. It's clear. It's written. You just need to not be stupid and obey. Come on, somebody. I got a pastor friend in West Virginia just did a whole series called Don't Be Stupid. You know, a lot of times we want revelation. I'm just going to ask somebody, you want to serve God? You want to get on a team? Let me pray about it. Like, what do you need to pray about? That's stupid. This is your church. We serve God. We love God. You don't need to pray about it. What you're trying to say is, let me put you off so I don't have to do it as long as I can. Don't pray about getting in a connect group. That's stupid. <laughs> Some of y'all are going to leave the church for that. 
it's all right. You're stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you. That's not, that's, I'm just kidding. This is what I'm saying. Like, like, you don't need to pray about being a part of what God's put in the house here. It's like going, that's like, that's like being at your home and going, let me pray if I want to eat. Let me pray if I want to get something out of the fridge. Like, go, you bought it. Like, you're here. Like, don't pray about it. Like, jump in, sir, be a part. You don't need revelation over what's already written down. You need revelation about the Bible to you. What the Bible says for you, like, there's gray areas of the Bible that don't specifically designate stuff to you. It's like, like, I want to know my spouse. I want to know my business. I want to know my city. I want to know my job. I don't know. I want to know my investments. I want to know. What, I don't want to know. I want to know about me, God. So the Holy Spirit revelation brings us personalization, and all of a sudden now it begins to be personal to us, and as we personalize it, we experience it. Let me, let me, let me tell you this way about it. So like years ago, we were in Cedar Bluff Middle School, and it was a nasty little elementary school with ugly green colors. I love Cedar Bluff, but the colors are ugly, and, so, and, and it was a church, and, uh, and just green, and I was, I, we needed a new building, and we got revelation. The Holy Spirit said, I'm going to take you to a new facility. Awesome. We didn't know where. We had no personalization. We had revelation, but no personalization. And so, and so as we were walking this out, the youth ministry needed a place to meet. And so I went over to a building that someone in our church owned or knew the owner. And we went in there and we were going to put the youth ministry there. And it was a grungy little warehouse that probably 50 youth could have fit in. And I'm like, this will be great. The youth like grunge. It's grungy. It's nasty. It'll be awesome. Put some, some paint on the walls and, 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 put, and you know, put some graffiti up. And they're going to love this place. And as I was walking through this place, I heard the Holy Spirit say, put the whole church here. I'm like, uh, Okay. It didn't make sense to my five senses. It was a nasty place. I didn't think it could. I went to, to our board. I brought them over. I took some of our church over. I walked them through it. They looked at me like, you've lost your freaking mind. <laughs> like, you're crazy, Pastor. They did. They thought I was crazy. I'm like, I don't know, but they just heard put the whole church here. I began to walk through it. And I began to get personalization. We put our church there. Our church was there for seven years, grew to over you know, 350 people on average, had 600 people coming at Easter, had three services over there, or had two services and went to three at Easter. We saved up $800,000 over there in seven years, put it in the bank, and, 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 and it was God. It was personalization. And then we got a revelation again. You need to move to a new facility. You're not going to stay here any longer. And we had this revelation. We needed a new facility, but we didn't have personalization. And we're like, where, 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 where? And I'm praying, where, where, where? And I personalized a couple other buildings that weren't actually mine, and so I got my feelings hurt because I personalized it to me, but it wasn't mine. God didn't personalize it to me. I personalized it to me. Some of you are so upset at God because you're personalizing stuff to you that God never has and the Holy Spirit hasn't. And, and, and so, so I'm driving around praying, crying for a long time, six years, praying, crying, weeping, up and down Kingston Pike, asking God. And I had revelation, but no personalization. And then all of a sudden, this building, I looked at it a year prior, and I said, no, my, the, my, my blinders were up. The Holy Spirit had blinded me to it. I was like, no, there's not enough parking. Many of you know the story, but the point is, a year later, I went over to, to Whole Foods. God sent a realtor that had showed me the building a year prior that I didn't even remember. He didn't even work for that company anymore. I'm eating lunch. He walks up to me and says, hey, did you ever find a church building? I know you. I said, do you go to our church? He said, no, I'm a realtor. I showed you that building a year ago. I said, yeah, but the, the, the road floods. He said, yeah, the city paid $2 million and put a culvert out there. The road doesn't flood anymore. I was like, oh, my God. I said, but the building sold. He said, no, the contract's over. And it's not, I said, are you representing the, the building or something? Do you want to sell it? He's like, no, I've moved on, but I think it'd be a great church building for you. You should go look at it tomorrow. Personalization. 
I went in, I came over here and we bought the, bought the building. Same thing happened with Transformation Church, the name of our church. A year and a half ago, I knew we were supposed to change the name of the church. Revelation. Had revelation. It's great. It's great revelation. I had no personalization. I didn't know what the name of the church was going to be. We had all kinds of different names come forward. Great names, but I didn't know. We had Vibe Church. We had Cool Church. We had well, somebody, I know a buddy that has a church called My Church. You know, it'd be like, where do you go to church? My church. You know, that'd be weird. You know, it's like. And so we had all these different names. I didn't know. I had revelation, no personalization. So I was in a staff meeting. We were putting up some leadership concepts. Drew wrote transformational leadership on the top of the board. I looked at it, didn't think anything about it, went home, was actually getting ready for church, shaving, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's transformation. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit. I went and told a couple people, not everybody. I went that week, went to my office down in my garage, pulled out from, my, uh, uh, pulled out from a, um, a, a file cabinet, an old paper written message uh, that I did at uh, Mountain Ridge Church. It was called MRC. Mountain Ridge Church is what the church was called when we got here. Um, I pulled a message out from 2008, one of the first five messages I preached there. The second page of the message says, Mountain Ridge Church is into transformation. We love transformation. Come on, hear, hear me. You, you need revelation, but you also need personalization. And, and many of you haven't got this relationship close enough with the Holy Spirit. Do, do you know how, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to give, I don't, y'all can leave if you have to leave. I just, I'm going <laughs> to preach today. I don't know. Y'all are, I like third service. I love third service. Some of y'all got, hey, listen. You, you can always help us fill up first service. Come on, somebody. If you don't like staying longer, first service, you, we got, I got to get you out of here. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to honor your time. I'm already over, but. But I, I just think the personalization, do, do you know when you type into Google a destination that you want to get to? And Google no, tracks us, right? I mean, come on. They got, they got everything tracks, and they ask you if you, they want you to track. Do you, do you have permission to track you? <laughs> Turn on your maps. You're like, oh, God, okay. You know, whatever. They you know what you're shopping for. They know everything about you, whatever. So you got Google Maps. So you go to type in an address for the destination that you want to go to in Google Maps, and you kind of get lazy. I do, and I just type in the street number and, and the street. I just type in the, the number of the address and the street, and I just expect for Google to know that I'm in Knoxville. But what happens so often? Sometimes it happens, but sometimes it gives you, like, addresses in Madrid, Spain, or addresses in, in, in another city, or Florida, or New Jersey, and you're like, my God, Google, come on, you know where I live. Shut up. It's making me do extra work today, you know? Right? Come on, somebody. So you go in and you get more specific about your destination, and then it goes and pulls up the actual destination and gives you the information you need for your destination, right? That's the third thing the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. The Holy Spirit gives you information. You can't get the proper information until you get personalization, and you can't get personalization until you get revelation. It works together. You've got a relationship. Something's revealed. All of a sudden, he personalizes it to you, and now you get the information you need to actually get to the destination that you're going to. Some of you are so frustrated because you're expecting to get information for a destination, but you don't have a personal enough relationship with the Holy Spirit to get the right information to get you to that destination. And so you got to begin to put in the right coordinates and say, Holy Spirit, he knows where you are. He knows where you're starting from. He knows what you're going through. He knows the destination. He knows what's freely been given to you by God. And you need his information. Every day is a battle on whose information you're going to take. Are you going to take his advice? Are you going to take your advice? And I think sometimes we, we think God's just a general practitioner. Come on, listen to me. He's not. He's a specialist. And we need referred to him in specialties. 
And he's the one that can help us with that issue or that issue or that issue and give us the information in a special field. It's not just, you know, your general practitioner just sends you to the right specialist. Come on, God's all of it. And the Holy Spirit gives you to the specialist of God. Well, God wants to specialize in your destiny and who you are. You need that information. I don't, I don't want to settle for, for information that's not mine. Here, here's the thing. If you don't get the right information, you're going to take your own advice and your advice is only based on the past and the present. You don't know the future. Holy Spirit is omniscient, omniscience, all-knowing. He's past, present, and future. And so when you relate to him, he knows where you're headed. He knows where you're going. And you get the right information in that. I think that that's a side effect of walking with him. He says this. There's a couple other thoughts I want to give you. He says something that's very important. And I'm going to close up. He says he wants to show you and reveal to you what's freely been given to you by God. Freely. It's so important, and there's such big implications in that word freely, because many of you are fighting for what's freely been given. And if you know what's yours and provided by God freely, you don't have to fight for it. And if you know what's yours, you don't have to fight for what's someone else's. And I want to know what's mine by God. I want to know what my job's supposed to be. I want to know what my calling's supposed to be. I want to know what my relationships are supposed to look like. I want to know what my business partners are supposed to be. I don't want to chase the wrong thing for 20 years. Come on. What's mine, God? Show me what's called to be me and mine. Show me what you've freely given me. I don't want to pay for it. You've freely given it to me, God. This isn't just general salvation. This is the specifics of your life, the information you need. So many of you are getting your information from the wrong source, and so you're trying to figure out how to get to a destination without the right information, right? Like, you ever got info, info from a friend, directions from someone that's trying to get somewhere that, that you're going, but they're giving it to you from a different starting point than where you are? So you have to reverse engineer how you're going to get there because where they were starting from is not where you're starting from? Some of you are so upset about trying to get somewhere, and you're reverse engineering everything in God, trying to figure it out. You feel like you're going in circles and going backwards. It's because you're not listening to the Holy Spirit to tell you where you're starting from, where you've been, and where you're going. And so if you would just begin to say, okay, God, you've freely given me some stuff. Write this down. A relationship with Holy Spirit will allow you to stop trying to pay for what God has freely provided. Some of you are, are I'm telling you, you're fighting for what God's given freely. And you won't admit it, but you know. And you have to scratch. You have to claw. You have to put others down. You have to wish that was yours. You have to. But if God has freely given you something, why want something else? Why fight for somebody else's? And you need the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. It's like God's freely given you acceptance. Why do you keep going to the bad, wrong relationships and giving your body away and sacrificing your, your purity and your character and your morals to get acceptance from people that are going to leave you anyway when God's already paid for acceptance God's given you healing why do you keep self-medicating and paying the price of more emptiness and pain because that medication can never feel feel that place in your heart so you're paying a price that's already been paid for God's already given you significance you're fighting to find purpose when God's already given you significance you're fighting for importance if I made more if I had more, if I fit more, and you want more importance, but God wants to give you significance, he paid for it. And you're losing the, your family at the cost of importance when God said, I've already paid for significance. I think, I, think, I mean, some of y'all are trying to find peace. Like you go to every counselor. I don't know. Some of y'all have some huge counseling bills. I'm not saying don't go talk to counselors, but they can't heal you. 
God's paid for your healing. It's been freely given. It's great to talk to somebody and unload, but you just want to keep unloading and 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 let someone else carry the baggage for you, and they can't. And you're going to continually have it until God heals it. You don't have to keep self-medicating to get closure from that pain. God has already healed something. You don't have to go into Zen zone and figure out how to meditate. Christ is your center. Come on, y'all with me today? It it only it only comes. I know I'm a few minutes over, but man, I, I just it only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't, you don't have to pay for it. I go out to dinner with people all the time, and they'll be like, "I've never, I've never done this with you, have I, Mike? Because it'd be ridiculous." Uh, I'll go to dinner with guys, and 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 they'll say, "I'll say I'm going to pay for it." Michael always pay for for our dinner uh, when we hang out. Man, thank you. He's gener- this man's more generous than you know. He and his wife are so generous. Um, just a heart to his mission for his business. Some of y'all are wondering why your business isn't taking off. You need to meet with that man. Talk to him. I'm giving you extra appointments. <laughs> He's like, my God, don't do it. Uh, he, he, he tithes off his business, 10% of all of his, of his gross business. Uh, 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 and, and, and his business, his mission of his business is to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. That's his mission. So, so we go to dinner, he pays for it <laughs> in Jesus' name. Uh, but... <laughs> But uh, I, I've never once looked at him and said, hey, I'll get the tip. Let me get the tip. I'll go out to dinner with guys, you know, ego, pride, all that. The guy's like, say, hey, let me get the, I'm going to cover dinner. They're like, no, let me get the tip. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean get the tip? Like, no, if you're going to pay for it, pay for the whole thing. Don't give me your little tip money. Like, you can't, it's $120. Your little tip ain't going to cover it. I don't want your tip. I know you're trying to show me that you're generous as well and that you don't want me to feel like I'm covering all of it and all that kind of stuff and your pride and your ego's getting involved. But I said I'm going to pay for it. You're making it real awkward. And I just, no, let me pay for it or you pay for it. But you don't need to chip in and pitch in on the tip. Anytime I've ever gone to dinner with my father in 44 years, he's never, I don't care if there's friends with me, other family, 20 of us, five of us, 15 of us, 30 of us, it doesn't matter. He might not even know them, but they're with me. I've never once looked at him and said, let me cover the tip, dad. It would have been awkward because I know him. I know his heart. I know his relationship. I know what he's freely given me. I know what he can freely supply to me. I know what he can pay for. I've never questioned it. And I never have tried to tip him. Some of you are trying to tip God for what he's already paid for in your life. Like, God, well, just let me give in on that. Then the guy's going, what are you trying to tip me? I paid for all of it. It's free. Quit trying to pay for what God has already paid for. The last thing, and the last thing, Paul says, you can't discern this with the natural man. Your natural senses as we walk with the Spirit, you can't figure this out in the natural. Hear me. Number four, the Holy Spirit wants to give you spiritual ability. Down in your spirit, where God is, to go to the next dimension in God, to figure out the next door in God. Come on, you know that relationship you have with him. Something's not right in that room. Something's not right on that road. Something's not right in that job. He wants to speak to you, talk to you, lead you, guide you. He's the one that can open a door, shut a door, build a relationship, connect you to a business, give you the right finances, give you the right investment. He's the one. And some of you wouldn't even know what it was if he spoke to you because you have never exercised speaking to him. We all have the same muscles in here. You just have to exercise the spiritual muscles. If you exercise the flesh, it grows. If you exercise your spirit, it grows. Andrew's a bodybuilder. He's right there. I've got all the same muscles in my body he has. His are bigger because he's worked them out. (laughs) 
But I have the same muscles. That's encouraging. If I want to get there, I could, right? If I spent the time and the energy. You've got all the same spiritual muscles. And only the Holy Spirit gives you spiritual ability to go to that next dimension. You're trying to figure it out with your mind. You can't. You've got to let the Holy Spirit begin to do it. And this is what I'll pray for today. I, I want to pray that you would give up control. The Holy Spirit told me to pray that, number one, that so many of you in this room... In our whole church today, and it's been happening all day long, so many of you cannot hear the Holy Spirit because you're still controlling the chaos and the confusion. Satan sends confusion so you can't get direction. And you can't hear Holy Spirit because you won't be quiet and be still. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Many of you can't hear his voice because you're too frantic. And you just need to say, okay, God, I'm giving up control. I'm letting go of control, and I'm going to actually trust you. Stand with me. I want to pray for you. Psychologists did a test, and they took infants that were crawlers and put them on a table. They took a tablecloth, and they stretched it across the table, and they printed a chasm or a cliff in between that table on the tablecloth. And they put parents at the end of the table, loving parents, and every time, listen to me, every time the baby or the crawler would actually walk over what seemed to be a chasm or a cliff to get to a loving, encouraging parent on the other end. Some of you are here today, and when I'm talking about giving up control, it's going to be a huge leap of faith. It's going to be a step. It's not going to make sense to your senses, your, your touch, taste, feel, smell. When God speaks to you, it doesn't make sense. Jesus said, put mud on their eyes, spit on their tongue, get five loaves and three fish. Come on, multiply some food. Step out on water and not fear the waves. Come on, God, it's not going to make sense to your senses if he tells you to break up with that person or start that business or go to that city or invest like that in vision. Or it's, not, it's not always going to make sense. Give away that car to them or so into that I talked about my first before I met my wife and the destiny God had for me I had to break up with a girl that's father was a multimillionaire. I had it all planned out I was going to have a boat a house live on the lake do some business and marry this girl and the Holy Spirit said I need you to break up with her I broke up with her on Christmas Eve he made me break up with her on Christmas Eve and leave her house and never talk to her again and I met my wife there's some things that don't make sense Trust. Trust. If you're willing to take a leap over that chasm, a step, maybe it's a crawl over the cliff that you know that God's asking you to do. There's always a loving, trusting, giving, encouraging Father on the other side of that table with open arms. To believe God takes trust. Come on, let me pray with you. Father, thank you so much for today. I thank you that an amazing church hung out here long enough to hear me, help me to have put something in us and in this place that came from you. Thank you for just a, a vision of being bigger today. If you're in this room, no one looking around, if you say, you know what, pray for me, Jamie, that's me. I've been controlling. I've been making sure it all fit. I've been reverse engineering. I've used all of my intellect. I don't want to be intellectual but ignorant about God. I'm ready to actually let go of control and, and build a relationship, trust the Holy Spirit, and let Him lead and direct. If that's you, put your hand up to me right now. If it's control, you're ready to actually give it up. Come on, hands all across this house. Come on, Father, you see our hands. We're letting go of control. Holy Spirit, we want you. You're our best friend. We surrender. We submit. We thank you for revelation. We, we thank you for personalization. We thank you for the information it's going to take to get to where you want us to be. And we thank you for a spiritual ability to carry it out by your strength, not ours. Make it clear today that you are in control and we're not. We can trust you and take those leaps. I pray every person that's wrestling with a leap of faith today can take it, can crawl through it, walk through it, step through it, and will land in your arms. If you're in this place, no one looking around, last thing, 
If the Holy Spirit is leading you back to Jesus today, some of you do not have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you did in the past and you're not with him now, the greatest thing the Holy Spirit can give you is leadership to Jesus, bring you to Jesus. Some of your heart knows that today you've been controlling your own life, you've been holding your own life, you're not, you're not letting God lead your life, and you're ready to surrender and make Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you, today's your day. I'm not talking about church or religion or surrendering to rules. I'm talking about surrendering to Jesus Christ that died on a tree to give you life, to remove sin, shame, and guilt, and give you a better life than you could ever imagine, to lead your life and speak into your life and to be the leader of your life. If that's you on three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up, and I want to pray for you. Pastor, that's me. One, two, three. Put your hand up to me right now. Come on. I'll pray for me. I need the life of God. Come on. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. Come on, church, people saying yes to Jesus being the Lord of their life. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Just pray with me or pray whatever you'd like to pray along these lines as we pray. Just surrender to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming to this planet. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you for taking all my sin and all my shame and all my, all my debts and putting it on that tree. Remove this heart of stone and, and out of me and heart of control and put the heart of God in me. Put a heart of flesh in me. Fill me up, Holy Spirit. Lead me and direct me in the things of God. I surrender, Jesus, you are my Lord and you're my Savior. I give you all of my life and I ask you to bring yourself glory with it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. All kinds of stuff happening here.